0: it's time for inside the jets presented by ey building a better working world now here's bart scott and dan Grassa. and welcome into another edition of inside the jets presented by ey building a better working world dan Grassa once again joined by my pal bart scott bart how we doing Akura matata as always, I don't expect anything different from you, of course, but glad to see you, glad that you're doing well. Not so much the case with the football team once again, yeah. on top of a very, very difficult, probably the most difficult loss of the year, 31-28 to against the Las Vegas Raiders at MetLife Stadium. Derek Carr to Henry Ruggs breaking their backs with five seconds left on the 46-yard touchdown pass. Plenty of conversation, Bart, revolving around that. Then we wake up on Monday and find out that the team decided to make a change Greg Williams is out as defensive coordinator, assistant head coach, linebacker coach Frank Bush looks like he's going to be the interim DC for the rest of the season. You talk about a crazy 24 hours. That's what the Jets are living.
1: Well, we knew that somebody was going to have to fall on the sword for losing a game like that. It was a heartbreaker. Uh, when you saw that Marcus May came out and spoke, I felt like he was speaking from a position of leadership. And sometimes people we're supposed to keep everything in house, but there are times, I believe, where someone who's the leader of the players has to speak out on, um, you know, for the players so that, you know, he can say the things that they can't say. And right now, I think outside of Quentin Williams there's no other senior uh, defensive player that could have the ability to say that and not have to deal with certain types of consequences. uh, Because he's a guy that has earned the right to say, hey, I've been around here. He's a quiet, you know, soft spoken guy. And when he said that, it doesn't have to be an all-out attack on Greg Williams, but for the call that was him speaking up for Lamar Jackson, who was put in a tough situation to try and win a game, and he's going to have to be the goat um, and, and be the one that has to wear the scarlet letter. But he could have been put in a, in a better position. There were better calls to be made, and we knew that somebody was going to have to face the consequences, and it was Greg Williams, and rightfully so, because it was his call to make.
0: It was his call, and I think you hit it right on the head, too, about Marcus May, right? You're not going to find too many more respected leaders in that locker room, guys who are as highly as thought of as Marcus May is among that group. And that's not really in his character. And not that it was malicious or anything like that, but when we were all dealing with the post game fallout yesterday and you hear Marcus May go up there, and yes, he's dejected, he's sullen because they lost a heartbreaker, but when you heard him say on multiple occasions he kind of kept repeating the same phrase over and over again, we should have had a better call. Well, that's a direct shot at the coaching staff there. And if Marcus may is speaking up, you know, maybe there was going to be some action. And of course we saw that indeed took place, but you know, there's so many different ways you can look at this and and how you break it down. I mean, you know, the fact is they lost the game and a lot of fans, you know, maybe they aren't in that locker room. They look at it from a different perspective as a player does. And you did this for a long time. So, you know, but Fans maybe you're thinking about draft choices and where this team is gonna pick. And maybe the loss isn't the worst thing in the world. But for the coaches, for yeah. the yeah. players, the guys we that put in that work, it's it's it, it, they don't look at it that way in any stretch.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, the players live in a now, right? Because at the end of the day, you're paying a physical consequence. You know, nobody steps on that football field and leaves the same. We all leave a piece of ourselves, a piece of our prime, a piece of our DNA on that field. So if you're going to sacrifice that much and you're going to go out there, you want to get a W, you know, because that's what makes it feel like it's all worth it to have an opportunity to get the ultimate dream, which is to one day be called a champion and be immortalized and be able to live forever in football circles. You know, that's something that they can't take away from you. So jet fans are probably ecstatic like, Hey, please don't lose. And you know, for people in this area, they understand that, you know, in, in one November, I believe, or it was, you know, one November, one January, a game where the Knicks won a game and that put them one spot out of right being able to get Seth Curry. So those are the type of things that people are looking at, but the players want to win. Sam Darnold wants to win. You saw him land his body on the line by running over Heath yesterday on the goal line. So the guys out there are playing to win. Guys are out there playing for their future, playing for their present, trying to represent themselves in a proper way. Guys like Quentin Williams and Makai Becton are fighting for Pro Bowl spots, for accolades. And you know, ultimately all of them are there fighting for a, a, a win because they want to be able to see if they can be able to hold themselves on. Everybody, you know, contract is available and up, right. and nobody's right. above reproach, nobody's above being replaced. So they're out there trying to represent themselves once so if they're not playing here, that they can play somewhere else. You know, we all know we have a tremendous battle, I believe at the linebacker spot with Hugh, Hewitt and Longy because you think when, when um, you know when CJ um, Mosley CJ Mosley comes back then it's going to be a battle but then you're going to have tremendous depth you know at that position you have guys like Perriman trying to say hey man listen maybe didn't get off to a great start um, but I'm healthy now and you know I can stay here for the long run and I can still contribute and give you two good receivers understanding that we, I know you may go out and get one but hey I'm a great receiver that can play both positions and maybe you sign me from depth and give me another opportunity to prove that I can be here so it's many reasons for players to still play hard and try and win and be successful, and you know fans or 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 some some people may not understand that.
0: Look no further than when they fell behind twenty-four to thirteen in the third quarter, right? And right there, you're thinking, all right, maybe this just isn't going to be their day. Third quarter, I think they only had twenty-one yards of offense. The Jets, they only had one first down, and you're thinking, oh, this might not just be their half. They're going to go away quietly, but no, they fought back. The defense went out there. Forced the turnover, coincidentally enough, against Henry Ruggs, who fumbled the football. Offense goes down, they score on back-to-back possessions. You mentioned Sam Darnold, you know, barreling a guy over in the end zone. These guys wanted to win, and from an offensive standpoint here, you know, if we could separate things from the way things unfolded with the defense there at the end. I think there was a lot of good from this offense yesterday, specifically how about the running game? They ran yeah. the ball for over 200 yards. That hasn't happened in a couple of years. You hate to see it at the expense of Frank Gore, who left early with the concussion, and you hope that he's back out there sooner rather than later. But guys stepped up, Ty Johnson, Josh Adams. I think that's something that's exciting for Jet fans because you're seeing some of these younger guys getting an opportunity. And Bart, let's face it, they ran hard. They ran with a purpose. And they showed a nice burst here. It's something to get excited about the last four games.
1: Yeah, they showed legs. They showed strong legs. They showed a solid base. And they were long striders. And listen, it wasn't it wasn't just a one or two, you know, big runs. It was consistently every time they got the ball, they were being aggressive. They're getting their shoulders um, straight downhill. Now it helps that they're going up Route 77 a lot of the time. That's right. But listen, they're going there. They're getting to the sideline. They're making the plays. And I thought that really helped Sam out later in the game because when they went out and they threw the boot to Griffin, it was based because they had the linebackers had to respect the run because they were doing being so effective. And now we can kind of see what 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 Sam could be if you continue to put a, a great running game together like this. I Josh Adams and, and Ty Johnson, they have an opportunity to say, you know what, P. Ryan, this isn't just gonna be your job that we're gonna give to. We're gonna show be, you know, in your absence that we can be the guy too. You know, we can be this would be a running back by committee. And it's about who's the hot guy. You know, to do that, you need opportunities. I think they gave them the opportunities. They had a commitment to the run. And that's really what they're gonna do and need. If they're going to try and mimic what the Giants did against the Seahawks yesterday, you know, if they're going to be able to do that and have an opportunity to get their first win, it's going to be because they're running the ball and taking advantage of this poor uh, Seattle off, you know, uh, defense. And so, you know, a commitment to the run for two weeks in a row is always a good thing because when you, you can win the physical battle, especially in the cold weather, you give yourself a better opportunity to be more successful, give yourself more avenues and more strategies in which you can employ.
0: Inside the Jets is broadcast from the BetMGM studio. Place your football parlays, props, and futures bets at BetMGM Sports all season long. You know, you think about the offense here, as you said. The running game was working well yesterday. And as a consequence, Sam Darnold only put the ball up in the air 23 times. You know, he didn't have to throw it as much as maybe you would think because they were churning out so many yards there on the ground. What did you make of his performance? I know he had the one interception, unfortunately, which you know you'd like to have back there a couple of those fumbles where maybe he didn't sense the rush coming with furrow. But by and large, how do you think he fared in the game yesterday?
1: I'll give him a B minus. Um, I thought he made some throws. I think later in the game, when he really, really showed the desire, he showed the pockets awareness and he showed us, you know, those off-schedule plays that we were accustomed to seeing you know, early in the season, but also in previous years, his ability to make something happen by buying time and having a connection with his receivers. I thought he showed that, you know, later, of course, in the third quarter, wasn't much to show. But when the the game was on the line, I thought he went back to being an instinctive player. You know, sometimes that gets him in trouble, thrown across his body, not giving up on the play, but yesterday was a good instinct. Um, He has to be a little bit better and keeping taking care of the ball. And we're not accustomed to Makai getting beat on games or whatever, and it's weird because you know, we talked to him last week about who some of the guys that he preferred to go against, who gave him the most trouble. He said Ingram or he didn't talk about both. He didn't talk about some of the other great players that he had. You know what I mean? But it was tremendous. The fact that, you know, he did struggle um, and Sam had to figure some things out. And I think both players, young players were able to grow, even though in a losing in a losing um, you know um, game.
0: You know, they also took advantage of their opportunities, which was nice. You know, cashing in in the red area. They were four for four in the red zone, which means getting into the end zone. A lot of times this year, you know, we saw them have to settle for field goals or maybe just miss out on opportunities altogether. And look, if you're fighting an uphill battle, which unfortunately this team has been doing all season long, you have to make the most of your opportunities. So they did that yesterday. And that's why they were five seconds away from getting that first win of the season.
1: Absolutely. I mean, you would like to see Castillo be able to hit some field goals. I think he's going through a little bit of a rut, maybe forcing a little bit to elements, um, for maybe for the first time or, or getting to him. But um, when you get in the red zone, you want to capitalize and get seven, you know, seven, not six. Um, and I think that, you know, they, they are doing that. And I think that's showing growth. That's showing an identity. That's showing you know, the fact that these guys are starting to play together more. You know what I mean? They had another array of, of, of healthy receivers, the receivers that we expected. I would like to see the tight ends get a little bit more involved. But I right. understand that, you know, and Roll a lot yesterday was to be a blocker and Griffin to sneak out every once in a while. And sometimes it's just not your day to be featured. They need you to do other things, even though you could possibly do that. Uh, so I think that, you know, yesterday it was a day of growth. I mean, they have to figure out a way how to be able to take away a player that's hot, like Waller um and they tried different ways but i thought you know sometimes the, the the tackling was sloppy but all in all they're competing and they're competing and they're, you under, everybody understands that nobody wants to go 0 16 because just like i talked about guys plan to be able to, to 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 one day be immortalized if you go on 16 you'll be immortalized in a for pro the pro wrong reasons for all the wrong reasons and nobody wants to carry that scarlet letter around so i think you're going to continue to get great effort from these guys no guys have you know, loaded up the U-Hauls or, 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 or the pods or anything. Now, nah, I think they're still engaged, and I think they want to finish strong.
0: You know, you look at the defensive side of the ball, and, yeah, they gave up a lot of yards. They gave up some points, we know. And uh, Darren Waller was a mismatch nightmare. You know, the Jets threw about, what, I lost count, four or five different guys, whether it was linebackers, DBs, just trying to get a cover on this guy, yeah. and he was still finding ways to get open. And he and Carr, you know, had a heck of a day together, 13 grabs, 200 yards, and he's one of the best tight ends in the league. We know that. But – You know, apart from that, though, you look at how shorthanded they were, and remember, even Ashton Davis was in and out of this game yesterday with with injury issues. There, Lamar Jackson was ultimately the culprit on that final play, right? When you call Mm -hmm. the zero blitz, he's out on an island by himself. Mm -hmm. That's a tall task, even if you're Darrell Rivas, for example, you know, because you have to make a play. But Mm -hmm. I really thought he distinguished himself very, very well after the game, especially Bart. When he went up there, he took the questions, he faced the music, he admitted that, you know what, I didn't get the job done, but I'm going to learn from this, I'm going to get better. And that's the type of young growth you hope to see, not just from a guy like Lamar Jackson, but other guys who are lacking experience but going through a very difficult season nonetheless.
1: Yeah, listen, I tell people all the time, you know, the reason a veteran is a veteran, not because he hasn't made the mistakes, it's because he's made all the mistakes and he's learned from them. So he's either made him and learned from him, either in practice or for games or situations. So it makes him a smarter, more aware player. Now understanding that you know, in that type of situation, you have to play off because you know you expect the ball to come out fast. But also understanding that you by no means can ever go for a double move because if he catches it in front of you, you have an opportunity to tackle him. If you if you you know get beat deep, then you give up a, a big play. But it's, it's it's easy for me and you to say because we're sitting here watching the game. It's harder to really you know, not bite on that because God's guy's threatening you. And you know that even if he catches a slant or a quick post or a dig, because it's covered zero, it's nobody there that can help you because everybody else that's supposed to help you has a man on them. So, you know, you think about if, if Ruggs would have caught a 20-yard dig, even if he catches that, he has the entire field to run into the end zone because Marcus May and the other corner, you know, already have are covering somebody. But right. those guys turn it to the blockers. If it's a pass call so it's not like oh well why are you jumping it just stay back because you stay back, you still have 50 yards can you imagine go be going against one of the fastest guys in the NFL. With 50 yards horizontally and 50 yards vertically and it's just it's kind of like somebody throwing you a ball and you catch it and, and, and give you the ball in the middle of football and they say you can run anywhere you want you have to get them that's a lot of pressure for the great ones, especially for a rookie.
0: Um, quarterback. There's space lot of space out there you're right and you know we saw how it ended up there another strong game for Quinnen Williams you know I know that this is kind of being routine for us we come here we do the show each week and talk about Quinnen balling out and continuing to make plays continuing to get better had another sack yesterday disruptive in the backfield I mean there were a couple of instances in that game yesterday Bart where Quinnen was in the backfield basically as soon as Derek Carr got the football from his center I mean, the growth that this guy continues to show here, and with still four games left in the season, I mean, the sky is going to be the limit for this guy once he comes back next year for year number three. I mean, I'm trying to
1: figure out who who is he competing against his former big brother and Leonard Williams in town for for who can get the most sacks. I mean, oddly enough, Leonard Leonard plays DN on the outside. He's strictly interior. He's getting it done. It's more impressive to try and get sacks as a defensive tackle opposed to being able to get sacks from the outside. And I think he's showing everybody – you know what what he's capable of and he's just scratching the surface we looked at like, last year people were saying oh man look how good you know ed oliver looks somebody that was brought in that the jets took before i think this year everybody's saying hey maybe quentin williams is putting a little separation between ed oliver and his ability and his growth has been tremendous and it only you know teases you and make you wonder what happened next year when he has another season underneath it so that hey man maybe the jets have a surefire pro bowl. Let's make sure we build around him, do the right things. You know, because we lost, you know, Mohammed and We lost Sheldon Richardson. We lost Leonard Williams. So let's make sure that we don't lose this one. Let's make sure that we lock this one down. And let's make sure we build around him so he can have sustained sustained success and not lose him into somebody else where he can go dominate
0: and contribute. Two years doesn't make a career, certainly, but you're starting to see all of the pre-draft hype that went with Quinn and Williams and what he ultimately can become. I think he's just starting to scratch the surface. If he could stay on the field and continue getting better, again, he's going to start to link up to some, what some of those expectations of him were coming out of Alabama. We're just getting started here on Inside the Jets. When we return, we'll be joined by a member of the Green and White. He's Bart Scott. I'm Dan Grasso. This is Inside the Jets, presented by EY, building a better working world. And welcome back to Inside the Jets, Dan Grassa and Bart Scott with you here. And it's time now for our player guest segment, which is presented by EY, Building a Better Working World. And we're joined by one of the stars of Sunday's game, running back Ty Johnson. Ty, it's Dan Grasa and Bart Scott here on Inside the Jets. Thanks for joining us. How are you?
2: I'm good. Appreciate y'all having me and everything.
0: Well, thanks for doing this. and. You know, you were given an opportunity in this game after Frank Gore goes down, and you certainly made the most of it, 104 yards rushing. You got into the end zone on 22 carries. How do you feel you performed out there?
2: Um, I mean, there's still a few, uh, a few plays where if I did a different read and made a certain cut, you know, um, would have had a few more yards and uh, been able to be in a better foot- field position, um, you know, going to the sideline after every drive, talking to the coaches and whatnot there's always a few plays you wish you could get back because there was yards left out in the field. Um, even talking to Frank after the game, you know, he even said, you know, you left some yards out there because I might have missed a missed a hole or anything like that. But, you know, it's um I made a decision during those plays and I just made a t- decision and ran with it really. So, you know, just got to get in the film room and, uh, you know, correct the mistakes and whatnot and um, go from there. But overall, you know, it's cool and all. You know, it's definitely a blessing to have the opportunity. You just hate to see, you know, such a great running back go out like that um, and not be able to come back in the game who wants to play and wants to win. So, um, you know, it was a great opportunity, but it just sucks to, you know, have a guy go down for it to happen.
1: Bro, don't don't feel sorry about that, man. Listen, that's how most careers are started. This is how yours truly career started, yeah, too. Yeah. It's right? They pulled his hands I was like, I'm up, baby, let's go. Double chin strap. Uh, but when that, when that happens, you know I mean, like, how did that catch you? Were you on the sideline kind of like paying attention sometimes coming off special teams? You know, we're kind of starting to get ready. You know, we're worrying about, you know, you got a special team coach talking to you. You know, then you look up and Frank, oh, Frank's done. You're like, oh, where's my helmet at? You know what I mean? And like, you have to go yeah. from there worrying about your special teams and all your other obligations to the team to, okay, man, oh, I, this is my opportunity. This is my chance. When that happens, is it a conversation you have with Frank when the first time you come off the field? Or is it something like where you, you like, it's go time. This opportunity I've been waiting for. This is my chance. Because, listen, Frank's had his career. He has more career behind him than in front of him. And this is an opportunity. Maybe we could have witnessed the passing of the torch. You know, I mean, Kurt Warner got in the game because somebody got hurt. He wasn't supposed to play. So a lot of careers launched this way. How did you feel about that?
2: Um, first things first, when he was coming off the field, I was like, you good? Like, us asking if he was good. Um, obviously the trainers have to take them and everything and the coaches are yelling at me like going to game so I'm um, obviously you know it was got a whirlwind of emotions and whatnot because obviously that's my teammate I care about them, um, without a doubt so first it was like you good you good like talk to me what's up and then coaches are yelling so it's more of like are you good okay you gave me a yes all right I'm running in type deal so um, I really don't know like the emotions are just everywhere really because I was like you said i was talking to coach boyer special teams i saw talking to josh adams as well um while it, when he went out um was down and ended up coming out so it was just a whirlwind of emotions and you know just went from there
1: now yeah. i was trying to you know with me I, you know being a linebacker i'm so used to watching different uh running backs and running styles whether it was jones drew who had a different running style than maybe chris johnson or you, you look at some of the other guys, you know, Jerome Bennett, so I went, yeah, I'm not that old, I went against Jerome Bennett. You know, who would you compare your running style to? Because I, I saw a, a player that was a little bit longer, long strider, um, but it was effective because you were getting to the corners.
2: I don't even know. I mean, there's so many guys that, you know, growing up that I watched and always tried mimicking, you know, you have the Chris Johnson, the Clinton Portises, the Reggie Bushes and all that. And obviously, I'm not those guys. But it's because those are the guys I kind of looked up to when I was up and coming and always tried um, making my game after, really. And even Leon Washington, you know, he was uh, my assistant running back coach in Detroit and everything. You know, Little Smoke.
1: We call him, oh, him yeah. Lil' Smoke around here. His name yeah. is Smoke.
2: Yeah, so, you know, um, just being able to watch those guys and being able to have the opportunity to just watch them and see what they've done over their career. Um, you know, you try to mimic that, but you're never going to. You know, those guys are unique and special. But um, my whole goal in my running style was what I've been taught was one cut and go if you make a decision, goes run.
1: So that's, that's all I can so really you, give you, really.
2: So, so do you prefer
1: more of a gap scheme or more of a, a, a zone running scheme? And Was the game plan slightly adjusted, you know, when you got out there to kind of, you know, favor your running style, or did you guys just go with the game plan that was before? And was the game plan just to run uh, Route
2: 77? <laughs> yeah, I mean – I definitely love gap schemes. That's kind of uh, what I came to like when I got to college. Um, I was an outside zone runner when I was in high school. And then when I got to college, you know, gap schemes inside zone was the type of my deal. Um, between the tackles, north, south, um, the straightest line to point A and B is a straight line, you know? So um, so it was kind of one of those things. But with the game plan, you know, um, went in, they called the, we had, obviously we ran a lot of wide zones and stuff. Um, And they were just hitting, you know, the line was just displacing guys. The perimeter was just moving guys as well. So, you know, I feel like um, once they realized the line was doing such a great job uh, moving people and getting pushed off the ball that they just wanted to keep running with that and it was being effective and we were really efficient running those plays. So I think, uh, you know, with Josh and myself in there, um, it was just those plays were effective. So don't fix something if it's not broke, you know.
0: Inside inside the gym supported by Selective Insurance, be uniquely insured. We're talking with... Ty Johnson here running back after his big performance in that game. You came over during the season. Do you remember the Detroit Lions for the last year plus? And I'm sure it's all been a whirlwind for you, trying to learn the system, trying to get acclimated with the way, you know, they want you to run the ball here and all your other responsibilities. Is it nice, even in a season that isn't going too well for the team as a whole, is it nice for you personally to have a game like that yesterday and finally all that hard work paying off?
2: It definitely is a confidence booster, no doubt. Um and it has been hard trying to learn a whole nother offense. But, you know, um, I've had a lot of guys, the quarterbacks, Frank, even LP, Josh, all the coaches, they I ask questions and they give me answers, I ask players questions, they give me answers. So it's definitely been, um, they, everyone's been really resourceful and willing to help me and whatnot. So it's definitely been an easier transition than I thought it would be. And um, the only the hard part is, is obviously like a lot of teams run the same things, It's just different terminology and different wording and whatnot and different techniques. So um, it was kind of just being able to flip it in my head, what I was calling a certain play or protection or whatnot in Detroit to what we call it here. And, uh, you know, I still have my problems in my days where I'm calling it something different, but at the end of the day, it's
1: still the same thing. Now, when does those competitive juices kind of kick in? Because, listen, we understand that Frank Gore got hurt and he's a mentor. He's a legend in this league. But the reality of it is, is this is an opportunity for you to prove that last week really wasn't a, a mistake. And you have a, a Seattle team that you just watched Wayne Gallman get gashed by. You know, like, in your mind, like, what are you preparing yourself for mentally this week? Do you anticipate maybe getting more opportunities because of Frank's situation, because he is 37, because – we understand that you know odds are that we're not going to have an eighty a thirty eight year old tailback next year. So this position is open between whether it's, you know you Josh or or Piran. You know when does the competitive juices kind of kick in, saying, "Hey, this is an opportunity for me potentially to find a home and have some stability." Because that's ultimately what we want. We want to know where we're going to be for a couple of years so we can plan our life out.
2: Oh, I think the the competitiveness is always going to be there no matter what. Um, if you're a football player and you're playing ball, like that's, that's one of the attributes of being a football player, the competitiveness. And that's what, that's who we are as people at the end of the day. Um, I made gingerbread houses with my girl, you know, and I was competitive. I was telling her her gingerbread house was trash and everything. You know what I'm saying? No, no. So, Did you try and blow it down? Did
1: you try and blow it down? Did you- yeah, <laughs> man, I told her
2: walls were caving in and stuff, but, but um, <laughs> you know, that's just our, that's just the nature of who we are As if you're a football mm-hmm. player, you know, and, um, it's just, you know, it's just crazy. I don't even know how. It Seems like it's surreal it's, to
1: you right now. It seems like you're trying to digest all this. Yeah. It just happening in a whirlwind, and yeah. you're trying to.
2: Yeah, my uh, my old head coach, Coach Apple. You know, um, never too high, never too low. So, um, you know, just taking it day by day. Um, and you know, it's definitely a blessing to be, you know, have the attention and get to talk to you guys, obviously, and whatnot, and everything but the reality is you know got to come back in on wednesday and take it one day at a time and put the work in for another game so um that's how you know i'm taking it just taking it day by day um get in and do what i need to do as a player as a teammate as a person and you know go from there really but the competitiveness is always going to be there no matter what because that's who we are as people um and whatnot so you know just staying level-headed and staying in the moment and Every day as it comes, you know, take it.
0: You mentioned the gingerbread houses. We're going to get more into what you like to do off the fields. I know that you like to have, do some good things in the kitchen. I know that about you as well. We'll talk more with Ty Johnson coming up next on Inside the Jets, presented by EY, building a better working world. All right, and welcome back to Inside the Jets, presented by EY, building a better working world. Dan Grassabard Bart Scott, once again, joined by Jets running back Ty Johnson. Now, you, you mentioned the gingerbread houses a little bit earlier. And I talked to you, I guess it was a little over a week ago, right after Thanksgiving. And I remember you telling me then that you cook two turkeys, if I'm not mistaken, right? For Thanksgiving and the cooking, that's something that you enjoy doing. Tell me a little bit about that.
2: Um, most definitely, you know, um, back in the day, Mom Dukes had that night shift. So, you know, I had to fend for myself. Um, she kind of got mad at me that I was, uh, you know, a youngin in the kitchen, um, you know, working the stove and everything. But when she realized... Uh, I wasn't burning the house down. She kind of gave me free will and uh, taught me a few more things in the kitchen. And ever since then, uh, you know, just enjoyed
1: cooking and, you know, just being in the kitchen. So you say two turkeys, you got to elaborate on that now. Is one deep fried, is one injected, one stuffed? Like what are we talking about here, man? I want to levels to this now. So, I mean, obviously I, I don't have like
2: everything in the kitchen um, because, you know, I came from Detroit. A lot of things are in storage, but, uh, I did uh two brines. Um ah, you know, nice. two brines overnight, twenty-four hours overnight. Uh one was stuffed, and the other one was like a really small turkey breast or whatever. Um actually. So um I didn't do much with that. It was just um I put one in the foil and then I put one in like the cooking bag, whatever it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then, um obviously when I was at practice, um I had my girl um use the turkey baster and like put the juices on top and everything,
1: whatnot. whatnot. Now, well, now it was, is it like now uh, it like uh, those mob movies? It's like those mob movies when you say, hey, I'm going to be back in a couple hours. I need you to stir this off every time. Yeah. You better keep stirring this off. Now, when you go there and listen to every Mob movies. These, now, now, when you're in meetings, like, texting her, make sure you base it. Yeah, hey, yeah, check yeah. Up, hey, move it. Turn it over. Move it up to the top part.
2: No, I most definitely was. I was like, why don't you peel it back a little bit, see what's going on. Put some, all right, peel it back on and make sure it's good. I was like, is it good? And she was like, yes, it's good. And I'm like, you sure? Wait for like, the time to pop give me, up. Give me a picture of it. Is it
1: good? Like turn the lights on the oven. <laughs> Did, did you we have get any? gravy? Now did we? Now we get did we, did we get gravy from that juice? Did we make some gravy? Ju- some gravy no, from that I juice? No, I didn't. I didn't because I did a lot of I did a lot of prep
2: the night before practice, so I didn't get the ah. to do a lot of extra stuff that I wanted to do. Um, you were but, your own
1: sous chef too.
2: Yeah, man, I did everything. So, um, you know, I got the the baked mac and cheese. You know what I'm saying? You always have to have that. Uh, nice potatoes with the marshmallows nah, on top. No, no. Uh, Min-
1: minimum of minimum of seventy five cheeses. If you go talk about some real some real uh, mac and cheese, on, minimum seventy five different uh, cheeses. Um,
2: you know you gotta have a stick of butter in there too, man. You gotta <laughs> have all the rest are all in
1: there, man. We, we yeah, milk, yeah. butter. All Listen, the if you don't feel like it. if you don't feel like you have a heart attack, that's not real mac and cheese, man.
2: That's what I'm saying. If you don't have all the strings when you pull it out with a spoon, man, it's right. not the real thing.
0: That's how you know. That's the test, right? That's the that's how you know if it is indeed the real deal. Did you have any guys, any teammates come over? Did you cook for any guys on your team?
2: Well, that's why I made the extra because I didn't know if guys would have um, you know where to go and everything, but um I'm I'm guessing everyone did have a place to go, which is obviously a great thing. Um but I didn't I had uh I messaged a lot of guys was like, Hey, if you need anything, you know, just stop by, and get a plate, you know what I'm saying?
0: But um I'm sure a lot of guys,
2: you know, obviously had a place to go or had family in. So um this you know, is- I didn't have anyone come over, but it was it was
0: on the table though for him. Well, it, it's that's funny you mention that because Bart Bart will tell you. Remember, a couple of weeks ago, we had Chris Herndon on the show, and he <laughs> told us a story about his rookie year, where he kind of left everything to the last minute, didn't secure any Thanksgiving food, so his first Thanksgiving he had to go to the drugstore and he got a bowl of cereal and some chips and dip mm-hmm. for his first NFL Thanksgiving.
2: Mm, man, that's tragic, man. <laughs> that's tragic. I had my turkey for like a week
1: and a half. Maybe. Man. Know. <laughs> did, did it turn from turkey to turkey sandwich to like, did you like uh, sit in the water and make it like a smothered turkey and put on the rice or something? Like people don't understand there's phases of that, you know what I'm saying? When you, when your mom make it, you made it that turkeys for the next 10 days.
2: Yeah, yeah, you gotta have leftovers for the next two weeks, no doubt.
1: <laughs> no doubt. Now, I want to get back on the field. Um, one thing that I've been watching just from a linebacker that you guys continue to be played with is this a gap blitz. Like, and I understand. I don't know if it was you or if it was Josh that didn't get across in time, you know, to get the a gap blitz up the middle. You know, is this something that you guys talk about? Because you guys are going to continue to get that. You're going to, you're going to get it this week. This week is just going to be Jamal. He's going to be waiting for you to try and cut him. He's going to be waiting to jump. Or if you cut him because he's come through the A gap, he falls right at your quarterback knee, So he knows you have to stand up. Are you guys actively having that conversation? Because I've noticed that in at least six or seven of you guys' games, when teams got to have it, they blitz up the A gap and instead of sliding into protection, they kind of leave the, the the free runner for the for the running back. Is this something that you guys are talking about changing, or is this something that you want to maybe bring up to your coach so when if you're put in that situation, you can know what to do?
2: Yeah, most definitely it's all about communication at the end of the day, you know, communication between the lineman and the running back. Um,
1: you know, I was hoping
2: they'd slide to him, but uh at the end of the day, if the man's coming free and there's a free man, it's my man. So um, I'm gonna take that one. Um, you know, and obviously, uh, you know, I gotta get around the quarterback. You don't wanna run into the quarterback trying to get to a block. But um you, at the end of the day, yep. I gotta get I gotta give something, I either like throw myself after I get around the quarterback or something. Jeff. Um
1: you, you you guys you guys ever talked in in just from linebacker? You ever thought about just when when that happens, telling Sam to give you a second to reset and move up maybe another yard or two, so you you're actually in front of him, so you have that angle. Because if he's coming from the opposite A gap, you can cross Sam if you move up two yards, and you can cut his knees out. And if you cut his knees out from the side, you can push him from the angle. He can't run over you. All he can do is try and dip and rip, but he uh, he won't have the momentum. You know, so yeah. that's maybe something that you guys want to talk about for him and pause and just give you opportunities to, hey, man, check, 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 so you can move up a little bit. Trust me, linebackers hate that angle. There's nothing uh-huh. they can do is try and beat you to the spot, but you already got that, that ear hole shot ready for him. Yeah,
2: it's most definitely uh, just a thing. Got to be communicating with Sam, um, have him in the conversation with Coach Frank, Coach Jim Bob about what we're doing, and obviously, like, it's a dream to have that that uh, that angle on a linebacker win. all you have to do is hit them and you have a lineman right there to pin them against really too. So um, it's just all con- conversation, communication at the end of the day. And that's just something we got to keep repping in practice and uh,
0: fixing really. You know, I don't know how many people know Ty that, you know, when your journey to get to this point that, you know, when you were finishing up your career in Maryland, you didn't get an invite to the scouting combine. So you had to take it upon yourself at your pro day at U of M that, You know, you went out there and you performed well. You ran your 40 time better than any running back did at the Combine. How much was that fuel and motivation for you to go out there and make sure that, you know what, I deserve to be there just like those other guys?
2: Oh, I was hot. I'm not going to lie. I definitely was hot uh, because I just wanted to be able to have the opportunity to show everyone that um, I can run, I can play, and, you know, with obviously the drills and whatnot. Um, it was definitely just, you know, fuel for the fire, put a chip on my shoulder. Um, I stayed down in Florida where I was training like an extra, what, since I didn't get the invite, I stayed, um, I want to say almost, uh, almost a whole extra month, um, down there, um, just training before my pro day. And I came up to Maryland, I think, um, like three or four days before my, uh, my pro day, cause I wanted to make sure I was on point with everything. So, Within those three days, I can just work on a few things and just go from there and make sure I didn't lose any of the coaching or anything.
0: That's important, though, too. I mean, and certainly, you know, it's paying off for you because now, I mean, you're getting that valuable experience here in your second year. I mean, you've been with two organizations, so you get to see a little bit of what NFL like life is like, you know, how one organization Conduct themselves versus another and you know it's that type of experience bar could be the one to tell you i mean he, he played in different places in his nfl career that's the stuff that'll probably help you in your career moving forward gaining that experience as a young player
2: no 100 um being able to be in different organizations and being around different players um i've definitely had the blessing to be around ap and detroit and then obviously when i first got here um he had uh l bell and still got frank so just being able to around them and see what they do and other players uh, in different positions it's just you know it definitely helps out a lot
0: That is, i mean that's almost like a running backs master class right i mean you think about that and and, and it's really interesting because adrian peterson's going to the hall of fame frank Gore's is going to the hall of fame Le'Veon on i mean you know he's been a very accomplished player certainly in his nfl career aside from Everybody's running style is different in the way that they play, but what was the big takeaway? Was it something different from each and every one of those players that you took with you that they tried to impart upon you?
2: And most definitely. Um, starting with AP, um, I was with him the longest. Well, I wasn't him, with him the longest, actually. Um, I was with him the second longest, um, but I was with him first uh, in Detroit. You know, just talking about him and just, you know, when wide zones and whatnot, just – set a point in running and make the defense run with you and then make your cut. And when you make your cut, you be violent with your cut and get vertical, run through the uh, the thorn bushes and everything, you know what I'm saying? And seeing Bell when I first got here with his routes and just, you know, the moves he's making, setting guys up, making a miss. And with Frank, you got him. He just smart dude all the way around. He, he sees things before the the play even happens, whatever, if we're making a pass when it comes to protections or we're talking wide zone, inside zone, gap schemes, whatever you want to talk about. He sees how defense is already playing. He sees how they're going to attack a play. So just trying to take all that in. And, like, obviously I'm only in my second year, so a lot of those things come with experience and come with time. But, you know, just being able to be around those guys and see how they're doing that is just – It's just crazy, really, and you can see why they're going to be Hall of Famers or going to be great players and names that are going to be mentioned for years to
0: come. Well, it's paying off for you. You're on the right path here, and we thank you again for joining us here. Continued success for yourself the rest of this season, and we thank you again for doing this, Ty. Appreciate it.
2: Thank you for having me. I
0: appreciate it. All right. Still more Inside the Jets to come, presented by EY, building a better working world. Welcome back to Inside the Jets, presented by EY, building a better working world. Dan Grasso alongside Bart Scott. And remember, Jets fans, you can watch Inside the Jets through the Jets app, presented by BetMGM. Go to the App Store or Google Play right now and search official New York Jets. And Bart, I know you got something, right?
1: Absolutely. Right now, what we need is for you guys to help MetLife celebrate the incredible workforce of the tri-state area. Submit your idea for a two-story high mural being installed at MetLife Stadium Go to nyjets.com backslash MetLife to submit your designs today.
0: Nothing like a good mural, certainly, and nothing like some extra football. I know that right now there's a game going on between Washington and Pittsburgh, but we have our normal Monday night game still to come tonight here with Buffalo and San Francisco, even though it's going to be played in Ar- in Arizona because the 49ers got kicked out of their complex. And then we got a Tuesday game between Baltimore and Dallas. It- it's crazy with – You know, a lot of the oddities that 2020 has brought us here, but having football like almost every day of the week, that's not exactly the worst thing, is it? It's not at
1: all. It gives us something tangible to watch, especially while we're waiting for basketball to restart. But also, and I think, you know, really what it is, is it's an an example of like the resolve of some of these players, because we understand that athletes are creatures of habit. We have our routines. You know, guys are superstitious. Guys eat certain things on certain days, and the fact that we last week we had a team that played on a Wednesday, which is probably right. a day that uh, uh, athletes athlete has never played on. You know, you, now this week you have a, got a team playing on Tuesday, playing on Monday, and that's what that sums up 2020 for us. You know, the fact that we have to roll with the punches and the teams that are able to be isolated and still yet stay motivated, guys to stay focused and do the right things, not for themselves but for them teammates as well, for their family members. Those are the teams that are going to be successful. Cause this isn't a perfect world today. This isn't you know, your, your normal routine. So we see the teams that are continuing to stay focused. Let's see you know, if, if Pittsburgh are able to stay focused again today with understanding this is unique. A game that's been flexed. Um, you know, you have a Washington football team that's coming off a long break. You mm-hmm. know they should have an opportunity to kind of have a mini buy to kind of prepare for with the Steelers and what they do and Don't do well, you know, Bud Dupree being out trying to, you know, figure out how do we adjust to the fact that now we have one uh, premier pass rusher and we have to may have to simulate pressure by blitzing on the opposite side because you can take them away you know and then also you have teams uh, uh, that have pride and you have teams that seem like they are showing a pulse look at the giants you know winners of four straight have an opportunity potentially to win that division but if they don't they're trending in the right direction yeah. and then you're seeing teams that are going to be with a different leader next year. You know, whether you want to talk about those who already made that decision in Detroit, um, in Houston, and, you know, Raheem Morris out in, in Atlanta, you know, trying to fight for the opportunity to be able to remain the coach there. You have a lot of, you know, good subplots. And, you know, anybody that loves anything about entertainment, and that's what I think about, you know, it's just not sports, it's entertainment because it's real life and it's so many sub-stories. And it's, what makes it beautiful is it's reality TV. There's nothing scripted about it, you know, so I I think, you know, as a football fan, it's a lot of stories out there that fans can get behind no matter what team you root for.
0: No, definitely. You're right about that. And now we're coming down to the final quarter of the season, four games left. And for those that are just joining us, just to repeat our you know, big story from today, the Jets deciding to move on from defensive coordinator Greg Williams. Frank Bush is going to take over as the interim defensive coordinator for the remainder of the season. But, you know, as you said, some of these other races for these playoff spots and some of these divisions – You look at a team like the Cleveland Browns. They're sitting there in nine and three. Bart, the last time the Browns had a winning season was thirteen years ago. They go on the road.
1: Was that with Izzy Newsman and and Ernest
0: Byner? Oh, yeah, exactly right. Bernie Kosar is still the quarterback practically, but you know Kevin Stefanski's done a great job. They went into Tennessee and 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 punched them in the mouth yesterday. Titans mounted a comeback too little, too late. But I'll tell you that Cleveland team—they finally are putting it together this season.
1: Absolutely, and um, you know Baker Mayfield doesn't have to be the star that they try to make him to be. All he has to do is be somebody that doesn't crash the car. And yesterday he was better than that. He was better than the average quarterback going 20 for 25. And then you know one thing I didn't think I never thought I would see the tight. And when you think about being out physical, you know even though that running game is physical by Cleveland, I thought their defense was equally as physical and making sure that they can you know contain Derrick Henry. Um, you know, Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, that one-two punch has been super successful this year. And, and, you know, if they get into postseason and Baker Mayfield plays like that, they have an opportunity to beat anybody because all you need on a, on a on a road is to pack your run game and your defense. And they may not be the greatest defense, but when you have that type of run game, it limits your exposure. And they have arguably, you know, the best pass rusher in the game in Miles Garrett. So it's going to be interesting to see. Sheldon Richardson is playing tremendous. It's, it's kind of hard to watch all these former Jets you know, shining everywhere else, and you had him in your backyard, whether it's Sheldon Richardson, whether it's Leonard um, Big Cat Williams, and what he's been able to do, and um, it, it's, it's, it's kind of crazy, but, you know, it shows that the picks weren't wrong.
0: Yeah, there's talent there, certainly, and, you know, you mentioned the Giants. They went into Seattle yesterday and, you know, took it to the Seahawks. They hung around there in the first half and then really made their move after halftime, and we bring up the Seahawks, of course, because that's the Jets' next opponent coming up here next week, and Giants out physical them. Let's be real. They ran the ball down their throats. And this is a Seahawks defense, which, you know, has left a lot to be desired this year. They're very vulnerable through the air, but the Giants showed you, you know what? You line up, you buckle your chin strap, you could take it to them. So you heard from Ty Johnson earlier. That's going to be a guy that maybe they look to get going again next week against that Seattle defense.
1: Exactly. I mean, it's going to be opportunities there. Jamal's going to be excited. You know, heard his comments kind of still poking fun at the Bear, you know, saying, hey, he hates to lose to a New York team like, right. Why would you hate lose to a New York team worse than any other team? But, you know, that's where he's at. So, I mean, you know, make an example out of him. You try to take that blueprint, see if you can implement it, run the football. Let's see if Ty and and, and Frank and whoever else is in that backfield that's up for that game is, 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 is up for the task. And let's hey. see if we can get
0: an opportunity to get a win. And, you know, on the other side of the ball, Russell Wilson, as dangerous a quarterback as there is. But the one thing that he's done here over the last few weeks is he's turned the football over. Remember, the first like six weeks or so of the season, this is a guy who looked like he was the NFL MVP. Now he's come back to the pack a little bit. But my goodness, he's still extremely dangerous. A lot of times he throws the ball up to DK Metcalf and it's boom. Good luck fighting him for a 50-50 ball. Defense going to have their work cut out for them.
1: Yeah, yeah. No cover zeros. I think that's um that's a must. No no cover zeros against Metcalf or anybody out there because you think about Lockheed, think about Metcalf, they're gonna be waiting for that. And um they're gonna be waiting to try and take advantage of it because we know that Russ has one of these arms that he can throw the ball sixty yards on a fadeaway like that because he has that strong arm and baseball background where he can throw from different angles. So uh, I think I would stay away from that and try and make these guys earn every every piece of real estate that they that they that they
0: get uh by keeping two safeties high and just really focusing on challenging these guys at the line of scrimmage. And you think it's still a tough venture to go in there and play, even though the 12s aren't in the house? You know, you're not going to have that noise, that atmosphere, but there's still got to be a challenge with going up to the great Northwest, right?
1: It's always a challenge, man. You talk about dehydration, not, you know, traveling across the the country, you know, what that does to the body, the body clock and everything like that. So it's going to have to be adjustment. We're going to see, you know, if these guys are able to do it. That's why you get paid the big bucks, because you get to go in situations and you get to perform. that's what we live for.
0: And then it's another trip out to the West Coast right after that. So two straight cross-country flights for the New York Jets starting on Sunday against the Seattle Seahawks. Bart, great job as always, my friend. And we'll do it same bat time, same bat channel next week. Absolutely. Sounds great. He's Bart Scott. I'm Dan Grasso. Thanks for checking us out once again here on Inside the Jets presented by EY, building a better working world. So long, everybody.